This is Superintendent Mario Basora here for the Mario Minute. I'm excited to announce that 2020 will be an amazing year for Huber Heights schools. This year, we will reimagine what our schools can be. Starting in March, we will begin the process by creating a district vision also called the Portrait of a Graduate. Between March and May, we will gather with stakeholders from throughout the community to discover the state of education in 2020 and decide what skills and dispositions we want our warriors to possess on graduation day. That work will form our vision or Portrait of a Graduate. From there, we will take that portrait and use it to blaze a path for our future so that all of our graduates can leave prepared for success. If you're interested in being a part of this team, please reach out to me at mario.basora at huberheightscityschools.org for more information. This has been Mario Basora for the Mario Minute. The Warrior Path Podcast. The math night was great at that because the parents were able to learn about the different activities and strategies that they can use at home. Bringing you the latest news and events in Huber Heights City Schools. So I want to show students that they can take something that they love and that they have a passion for and help other people with it. The opportunities I had, the different roles that I was able to do so I could be in one place and have opportunities that challenged me professionally. Huber Heights is my passion. Hosted by Zach Frank. Hi listeners, this is Zach Frink. We're switching things up and starting a special four-part series on the district's finances. This series focuses on the conversations between Board of Education President Kelly Bledsoe and Vice President Mark Combs. The two have been board members since January 2010 and helped guide the district through significant budget cuts and restorations after those cuts. The first part is about the background and historical context of the district's finances. And a quick note, we recorded these segments before they assumed their current roles on the Board of Education. Enjoy the show, and next up is Kelly Bledsoe. This is Kelly Bledsoe, a member of the Huber Heights City Schools Board of Education, along with my colleague Mark Combs. We've both been on the board since January of 2010, just finishing our 10th year on the board. And uh, we're involved in several of the cuts and the financial history of Huber Heights City School. So we're talking about where we've been, how we got to our current position, uh, following some of the reductions, and see where we're going for the future for these next few segments of our podcast. So Mark, why don't you kick it off with uh, some of the things that, that the notes you've taken? Thank you, Mr. Bledsoe. Uh, this is Mark Combs again, member um, of Huber Heights City School Board. As um, Kelly had mentioned, uh, we are going to walk through some of the history. Uh, we've been through a lot through um, all the years that we've been on the board and trying to make sure that we are fiscally responsible in each and everything that we do and all the decisions that we make. So uh, today I will walk through with you some of the history of the financials for the Hubert Heights City School District. Before Mr. Bledsoe and I came on the board, um, there was a um, uh, history that I've got some data that goes back to 1989 where uh, you'll see the expenditures and the revenues they kind of track together they're kind of going up and above each other you know throughout the years and they kind of balanced out fairly well over the years 
As we start getting closer into the uh, 2000s, they start to drift a little bit um, further apart, and most of that is based on how school funding and those types of things have uh, been taking place in the state of Ohio. By the time we got to November of 2008, we were at a very unique point in our history where if we looked at our five-year forecast at the time, it showed that we were going straight into deficit spending with no recovery. And that's the exact same time that we had the opportunity uh, from the state of Ohio to be able to build new schools and for them to help pay for half of that construction. Uh, the decision with the previous board uh, prior to uh, Kelly and I uh, was to go after a 6.92 mil bond levy um, in 2008. Um, of course, that was for very specifically the construction and building of the new schools. From the point in time, from about 2008, if we looked at that forecast at that point in time, and we looked at it as we go into 2009 and 10, the projections were that the school district would be completely running out of funds um, by the middle of 2013. And the problem we have with that situation, of course, is that by Ohio law, school districts cannot operate in the red. You have to have a, a positive cash balance. And so I looked at those numbers. Uh, these numbers could not get us at our current spending and, and income uh, sources to that balanced budget. Otherwise, there, there's a state oversight commission whose sole responsibility in cases like this is to balance the school's budget. These are people who are not elected. Uh, they're appointed. Uh, some by the governor, some are appointed, they have to have certain criteria, some are local people. But these are people who essentially usurp the authority of the superintendent, the treasurer, and the school board to make decisions on behalf of the district. There are certain things we have to provide for our, our students, uh, basic graduation requirements, uh, certain minimum school day, and so forth. But beyond that, anything as far as their perspective can be considered optional and rather than having this unelected group of people coming in who don't necessarily have those ties to the community, aren't accountable for the results, we decided it's our responsibility to look at our funding and see what we can do to make those reductions. And so what resulted, since the revenue stream didn't seem like it was going to be improving, we looked at the other alternative, which is to reduce a number of programs, uh, services, uh, options for our students, and these were very unpleasant circumstances. In the next segment, we'll describe more in detail uh, what some of those reductions were, what the effect of those were. The very is very interesting. We look also in history around that time frame. This is the exact same time frame that uh, we, as a country, were getting ready to go into a recession. So we have all these things coming at us all at once. Um, if we go back into a little bit more of our revenue details, uh, the last time that we had had a past operating levy uh, was in May of 2005. So as uh, Kelly had indicated, we had to start looking deep as to what are we going to do here. We wanted to bring back programs. We wanted to do a lot of things. We had these hefty goals and things that we really wanted to do, but at the same time, we realized that we had to be fiscally responsible for everything that we were doing. So that did put us into the position where we had to start going through and understanding what it was that we were going to keep, what we were going to reduce. And then also in that decision, we had to pay attention to there were state mandates at one point in time, state mandated programs that we had kept um, that, that were no longer mandated. So we were not getting funding for them, but we were continuing to keep those types of programs. So we really had to go through everything 
to uh, you know looking under every rock to see what was funded, what wasn't funded, and then to understand where the position from the state would be um, with their minimums. As we we're starting to go through those decisions, this is the same point in time we were working on the initial development of our 2020 plan, which was going to help guide us and direct us as to the things that we were going to grow up and be in our future. As part of that, as well with the understanding of what we had that was you know paid for and not paid for by the state, we had to start making those tough decisions as to what we were going to do. We did not want to come to the community at first uh, asking for new money to sustain where we were exactly at at this point in time without doing our homework and making sure that we were focusing on where it was that we were going to be and then what money was going to be required to do that. And one of the ironic circumstances is that as Mark mentioned before we had just approved this funding for new new buildings uh, all new facilities for our school district and uh, the, the construction of the planning was underway whenever we got on the board and we were looking at all the technology all the things to, to modernize these schools for our students and at the same time we're having to look at the fact that from the operating perspective which again as Mark said it's a completely different pool of money which can't they can't cross one over to the other we're, we're trying to see it. I remember at one point going through this a little bit further down the road, going to the, to the Wayne High School is being built and having these areas that were designated for certain, certain studies. I realized we may not be able to fill those particular rooms because some of the, the very programs these are made to, uh, to fulfill, we weren't sure we'll be able to fund them. So it was a rather ironic time again to have that, this anticipation of these great facilities and at the same time wondering what we're going to be able to fund and uh, what what these decisions are going to do, how they're going to affect our students, because you know we're looking at this. It, sometimes it's easy to to look at things that's an abstract, like this is money. We got to reduce money, but you realize all these cuts aren't just dollars. You know these are these are people, people's lives, people's students' education. Uh, these are opportunities for our students. These are our people's uh, people's jobs in many cases. People have been with the district for a long time, so these were very challenging times and we looked at initially what are the things that have the least impact on our students uh, and some things were relatively easy to scale down but the furthest progressed it became harder and harder because we're cutting more and more into the core of what we're doing as a school district. Yeah, one other additional thing I want to kind of mention here um, is that we were kind of talking about two very different things. One being operating income, operating money, and then that of facilities type monies. Um, the 2008 levy, that was for facilities, facilities only. That money can only be used for facilities by state law. Operations has to be completely separately funded and maintained separately funded. When uh, Mr. Bledsoe and I came onto the board, we were in this position where we had to, first of all, learn all this new school finance um, things, um, but at the same time, realize once we got up to speed that we needed to do um, everything to be fiscally responsible in both buckets of money. So the construction money was going forth and we're starting to get into the bidding processes and realizing how much money um, of our money, our community's money was at stake. You know, we had to understand and figure out ways to get that cost down as well to be able to reduce the burden on the community with that as well. So, you know, there are a lot of things that we did with the construction side. The board that we had at the time was very creative and we're able to put ourselves in a position that we save, saved millions 
millions and millions of dollars on the construction by the way in which we bid out the buildings and changed the way in which we made the uh, contracts set forth. We took the least expensive buildings, we had them go first, um, and used that as leverage um, to be able to set the rates that they were quoting the future buildings. So the most expensive building being last was that of Wayne High School, uh, which had the benefit of you know all the other schools coming in before it at the lower cost, driving down the rates by which the construction companies were charging for their bill rate. So we helped reduce that greatly, which greatly reduced the burden on the community. This is Zach Frank again, and that was part one of our four-part series about the district's finances. Part two gets more detailed on the cuts made by the board to keep the district afloat. Before we go, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at HHCS District, and sign up to receive the Warrior Weekly email newsletter in the show notes. We'll see you next time.